Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. The plot is vivid and the plot's conditions. It's like you hopeless and... So, uh, happy Monday, happy Monday, happy Monday to everybody. Uh, had the day off today. Um, enjoyed it to the best of my ability. Um, tried to chill, get some stuff done. You know how it goes. It's like you got a day off, but you really don't got a day off because you're like doing laundry and cleaning and folding and doing all that stuff. But always feels good to get things done. Uh, recouping from the expungement fair that we had this Saturday at, uh, at the DHDC. Uh, it was a success. We served we serviced about 150 people. Shout out to Chase Bank. They came and uh, partnership with us, flipped the tab. Uh, first 100 people, they got $50 money orders to help pay for their processing fee, so they didn't have to come out of pocket. So, um, you know, definitely uh, thankful for that. Um, but September 20th, we'll be having another one and uh, definitely uh, take advantage of the opportunity. Um, there was a lot of people who discovered that they had um, – that they had a lot of their records were already wiped out and already clean, which a lot of people were excited about that. Um, it was an emotional time for a little bit of everybody because there were some people who didn't qualify, so they were sad and discouraged. And then there were others who did after, you know, multiple years, finally got, you know, their felonies expunged. And, you know, now other opportunities opened up for them for, you know, other jobs, other positions, and, uh, you know, even for some they who are able to uh, carry now and get CPLs. So, you know, I, I just feel good about being able to uh, service my community and help everybody uh, remove the barriers, you know, that are in front of them um, from the challenges and obstacles that, you know, just come with life in general and then cleaning up your mess. Because, you know, a lot of times we made a lot of bad decisions when we was younger. So, you know, thank goodness for these expungement fairs that help us clean that up and give us a fresh start. But again, like I said, September 20th. Uh, you know, stay tuned for that one. Uh, that's going to be pretty big. And uh, also another date I, I want you guys to remember is July 7th. So July 7th at 1211 Trumbull at the DHDC outside, I'm going to be having the first annual El Nino podcast summer bash. It's going to be live. It's going to be filled with performers, vendors, and uh, so many fun activities, good people, good vibe. Uh, come on through, put it in your calendar. Seven, seven, don't miss it, man. El Nino podcast summer bash but man i got an awesome guest today you know as you guys know the name of the show is real everyday people uh, i'm very open-minded i'm very diverse and uh, i want to be able to represent everybody and uh today we got a good guest he's gonna come through he's gonna break bread with us he's gonna you know teach us some things you know it's my man golden gabin gambit my man what's up with you brother what's up man appreciate you for having me yeah no doubt about it man welcome to the el nino podcast bro yeah, I appreciate you reaching out. You know what I'm saying? I've been, I've been, uh, I see your episode that you did with Brian and the Legal Aliens podcast. And uh, I've been seeing you around doing your thing. And, uh, you know, introduce yourself to the people, man. Okay, okay. Uh, so for those who don't know, my name is Golden Gambit, Golden with the Y. Um, I make alternative punk music with a little blend of some uh, goth punk in there. Um, and I would consider myself a alternative platform. Um, I book my own shows, you know, and I just try to shed light onto the alternative scene in Detroit because I feel like um, alternative artists here in Detroit don't really get enough shine. So I'm constantly, you know, booking shows with different alternative style art artists, you know, uh, usually six or seven events per month. Okay, that's dope. 
that's that's staying busy, man. I'm telling you, seven, eight events a month, man. That's a lot, bro. You know, shit, you working, but that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do to network and, and, and build and promote yourself, put yourself out there and work with people from a little bit of everywhere, you know, spread your name, do performances, guest performances, all that type of good stuff, man. Yup. So, uh, so first, before we go any further, man, where does the name come from? Golden Gambit. Where does it come <laughs> from, man? What does it mean? Where it come from? And, uh, you know, what does it represent? Okay, okay. Um, so Golden Gambit as a whole, um, I've come to the realization um, that it represents the brand of just being yourself, you know, no matter how um, weird it may look, how different it may look, you know, uh, making it look beautiful, um, you know, just being yourself and, you know, just being confident with it. Um, the Gambit part, kind of comes from the x-men character gambit from the x-men okay yeah i've right. always thought he was a pretty cool character you know stylish trench coat and um uh, his power was to uh, make things explode you know touch things and make things explode and i feel like some of my music is explosive okay so that was the gambit part um and originally when i made the name it was just gambit but i felt like i had to add something you know and i didn't want to go with the uh with the typical, you know, little, you know, or like like little Gambit, baby Gambit. I'm like, yeah. what can I use? You know, and uh, growing up, people told me that I had like this golden aura, golden energy. And I thought about it. I'm like, golden Gambit sounds dope, you know. GG. Yeah. GG, golden Gambit. I like it, bro. I like it. That's dope. The golden child. Appreciate it. My yeah. man. And I like it because it's got intention. Mm -hmm. It's got purpose. You know what I mean? And that's dope. And you came up with it yourself, but also with input from others. Like you said, you know, people said that you had that golden aura, you know. Right. And uh, it's important to know what other people see in you. You know what I mean? So that you know what it is that you out there representing. So tell us a little bit about yourself, man, and like where you grew up at. What was it like growing up, you know, and being you? Um, so I grew up um, half my life in Warren. Um the other half in Rochester, uh, and um, my life growing up was cool, you know. Um, what kind of student I, were you in school? <laughs> oh man, I uh, <laughs> um, was not the best. Uh, I, I wasn't a bad student, but um, was just never into school, you know. Like, <laughs> like you know, I would say you were like there, but student. you weren't there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like. You know, I, like, like my mind would just constantly shift to other things, you know, like sometimes music, sometimes just learning myself, trying to figure out who I was. So I know in today's society, people use the word weird, you know, and before, you know, me growing up, weird meant like weird. But now it's like people use weird, like everything's weird. And then you have people who actually embrace the term weird and consider themselves as I'm weird or I'm a weirdo. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's like like it can be used as a it, in a positive form and then also in a negative form, right. you know. And um, but I guess I guess it's cool to see people, you know, take the negative uh, pers perspective from it and turn it into power. You know what I'm saying? Like just embracing it. Like you talked about um, being yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and some people know they're just 
naturally awkward. They're awkward <laughs> ass people. That's true. And I mean, as you grow up, you get to learn yourself. You know, if, if, if don't nobody else know you, you know you for better or for worse, worse strengths, weaknesses, uh, weird shit, whatever you got going on, you know what you are and what you ain't. You know what <laughs> I mean? But uh, um, so let's talk about the paint, mm -hmm. the paint. What does the paint represent? For me, the paint represents pain and the ugliness of this world. Um, and specifically to me, because growing up, I've always been a fan of horror. I've always been a fan of dark genres, you know, like The Crow, you know, horror films, like anything dark, I just always felt attached to. And within this last year, it was just like something called me to it, you know, and um, like I feel like this look really, it really conveys my music, my style, and like just everything that I'm about, you know, like being in that, you know, weird box, being in that alternative lane, you know, just being different, not conforming and not fitting in with, you know, what society thinks is cool or popular. Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so you pretty much you in your own lane. Yep. Okay. So initially when I seen the paint, it reminded me of like black tears, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh that's what I you know, at first I thought it was like war paint, like Native Americans, they wear yeah. this war paint, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then when I seen it, I was like, damn, it kinda looks like he's crying black tears, you know. So I think it's dope. I think it's creative. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, it's you. It's, it's, it's who you are. You know what I'm saying? Or would you consider it like an alter ego? Because you do, you have a regular job. You, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like you do what you got to do to get through the day, and then you come back home, and then what? You jump, yeah, you jump yeah. straight into character? <laughs> or how does that go, man? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like Superman. You run up yeah, in the box, yeah, throw yeah. the cape on. I'm out here, you know what I'm saying, ready to take <laughs> on the world. You know, once I punch out. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like it, it feels like two sides, you know, like, which is so cool to me because like, and a lot of people have called it like my war face, you know, and it's really refreshing for me. And it just gives me like the balance to have a normal life, you know, and then after clocking out, you know, being able to, you know, change into this other, you know, like alter ego in a sense. Yep, you know. yep, that's what I figured, you know. Mm -hmm. So how how often or how common is it for you to run into, like, other goth people, you know, like even in a workplace or something like that? Is it mm -hmm. is it often? How many people, like, can you relate to normal people? Like just, I mean, whatever the hell normal is anymore, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's but true, like, that's true. Yeah, Um. so typically I don't run, in, run into goth people, um, within the workplace, you know, and during like the day job, but like doing the shows, you know, and and booking these shows, uh, which is typically based on research. Like when I book shows and put, and put shows together, I usually look for artists within that same realm of, you know, the goth, the emo, the dark, like the different, you know, and um, just clicking with those artists, you know, like, uh, because a lot of times putting putting shows together for me is deeper like the music it's, it's connecting with these artists on a personal level mm -hmm. you know and um 
and just finding people who who have similar like uh life stories to mine you know and um you know similar experiences to mine Mm -hmm. like a lot of goth people and you know emo individuals can relate to things i talk about in music and things i talk about you know like on a day-to-day basis what exactly is an emo um i've heard the term but mm -hmm. never knew exactly what it was uh in my opinion um an emo person would be like a uh a overly emotional person um you know uh which in today's society with mental health you know is very common you know um you know someone who's um you know like say for example uh sad a lot you know um which usually comes from childhood trauma you know mm-hmm. and um just overly emotional you know like me myself personally i've had a lot of uh um traumatizing experiences you know and um with my music i always tell people that it that i'm like a jar of of mixed emotions you know anger sadness you know loneliness you know just mixed up Mm -hmm. you know so typically i get it i get it i get it i can relate brother yeah so how long have you been goth for hmm so I feel like uh, publicly, I would say within the last year. Um, okay. But uh, honestly, my whole life. Um, but I just didn't show it until last year. Um, so, like, I've been making music for 16 years. And um, last year, around the fall time, I, I just got this calling, you know, to create this image, you know, create this brand. So it was always there, but, you know, last year I, I just finally, you know, decided to show it to to the world. Okay. All right. So um, how did your family respond to it? How did your friends, your family, your community, how did they respond to it when you came out? I mean, was it something that was difficult for you? Was it something that was easy? Was it? a long time coming for this and then how did you feel once you put it out there and said this is me this is what i'm standing on this is what i represent this is what i believe this is who i am um i definitely feel like it was a long time coming um my family has has been supportive um it was definitely an adjustment for them but um like they always knew you know like like because I've always been like the black sheep of the family, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, um, how can I put it? Like, uh, like my family loves me, you know, um, mm-hmm. and they are very supportive. Um, my friends have been supportive as well. And for the community, um, it's been amazing. Like, uh, since I've done it, I've met like, like some of my like some of some of my best friends like uh like you know some really really you know cool people who mm-hmm. I look at as family now you know um and like just coming out and you know like displaying this feels really refreshing that's dope that's good um so 
I because I want you I want people to understand what goth is because I don't even fully know what it is, but I know some people think that all goth people they're devil worshippers, they're <laughs> this, they're that, they're dark, they're I, I don't know. I think even somebody said that the I don't know if you remember the trench coat mafia back in the days, they were like the original you know, shoot up schools and mass shooters and shit were the trench coat mafia and they were trying to say that they were goth because they used to wear black trench coats, you know? Mm. And, um, but like, educate me, educate them. Like, mm. what exactly is being goth? Like, is it a religion? Is it a way of life? Is it just, is it a style? Is it, you know, like, like what is it? Um, in my opinion, I feel like it is a style. Um, I don't know if I would say a religion, but it's, kind of like a way of life um mm -hmm. you know just being entwined with that darkness you know not necessarily meaning negative but you know like uh like some of the earlier forms of um goth was like dark literature you know um like just dark aesthetics you know like the ravens and the novels you know that are like darker like medieval yeah like yeah, yeah medieval yeah yeah okay. or like the Edgar, the Edgar Allan Poe, um, you know, novels, okay. you know, um, and it's usually associated with um, rock music, punk music, you know, um, rebelling, you know, and just being in our own little corner of the world, you know, the all black and, you know, just that type of aesthetic. Do you consider yourself to be a rebel? I do. Mm -hmm. I do. Do people ask you about being goth or do they just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, good. They do. They because do. when people ask questions, that means they want, they seek understanding. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And a lot of people don't do that. They'll just judge like, who's this weird guy? Oh, look That's at this. He got shit on his face and painted lips and, you know, like, what's this? And it's like, it's different. It's not you. You know what I'm saying? It's the opposite of you. So some people just don't understand and they just keep it pushing. You know what I mean? But. Me, I, I, I've always been an open-minded, social type of person, you know what I'm saying? And I've always been interested in knowing, like, you know, what inspired you or motivated you to be to where you're at today. And I know you talked about childhood trauma. Do you think that your childhood trauma that you experienced kind of pushed you towards being goth or, or believing in it or just, like, you know, even, like, like the ICP wave, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? The insane clown posse, like, like they like, it was like they just formed a whole fan base of people who felt rejected by society. And right. there were so many and, and, and that made them successful, but they were so unbiased and just so accepting and just made everybody feel, feel important. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, is that what goth does as well? Like, is it the music? Is it the the way of life? Is it the belief? Is it the creativity? You know what I'm saying? That mm -hmm. where you just felt like <clears throat> I'm right where I belong, you know. Right. And sometimes going through trauma, you try to look for an identity or someone you can relate to. Or sometimes people want to be so different that they don't relate to anybody. You know, and, you know, so many people um, go through 
horrible things in their lives, you know, sex abuse, alcohol abuse, uh, you know, domestic violence. I mean, just being a product of your environment and being exposed to so many different things, you know what I mean? Um, I, when I was in prison, there was a young guy. Uh, he was probably about 18 years old, and he came into prison, and, and he was gay. And, you know, everybody had this theory with me growing up, like, you're born gay, you know what I'm saying? Or it's mm. a, a mental disorder or some shit like that. You know, that's what, you know, you hear when you're younger back then. And um, and so I sat down with this kid because I was a, uh, I was a facilitator for life skill programming in, in prison. Mm. And um, so I sat down and I was just, you know, asking him a little bit about his life and, you know, how he came about, you know, at, at such a young age to be there. And he was like... You know, I used to get raped by my uncle, and um, he said I never felt like I was worthy of being a man, so I just chose to be gay. And I was like, I thought that was sad and unfortunate because, you know, a traumatic, you know, experience like that defines who you are, right. you know. And I think it's sad because I'm like, if that's not who you are, I feel sad for you, you know what I'm saying? But if that's who you feel that you truly are, then you know, then I wish you well, you know what I mean? But when you allow experiences like that to determine how your future and the outcome of your future is going to be, you know what I mean? It's, it's sad sometimes. You That's know? true. And then people look for some type of support system, even if it's to group up with other people who are sad and traumatized, you know? So would you say that goth, the blackness, the darkness... Is it sad? Um, I would, yeah, 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 yeah. And and you guys embrace darkness. You guys embrace sadness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's real. It's a part of life. Yeah, yeah. You know, but do you get to enjoy it? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 Okay. Yeah! Like it's 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 beauty in the storm. Mm-hmm. Like that's always been a big motto of mine. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I know it sounds crazy to enjoy sadness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy. Like, how can you enjoy sadness? How can you be sad and enjoy it? You mm-hmm. know? Um, like cutters. You familiar with people who cut, yeah. you know, they're cutters. And it's like, it's so bittersweet because it feels good to hurt yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? And... uh and a lot of people believe in that concept. You know, they embrace the suffering, you know. And I honestly, I love wearing black because black <laughs> made me look skinny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, black. you know, I, I, I love black either way. I just, I think I look sweet as hell when I wear black. You know what <laughs> I mean? I had a homeboy, man. Shout out to my man, Rob, man. Back in the days, he uh he used to wear a... a like white paint on his face and like he looked like Eddie Munster and he had like the black trench coat. He used to have the Misfits logo on the back. Oh, that's fire. Yeah, it was like, it was sweet, you know Mm. what I'm saying? And and he used to have the high black military boots and stuff and Mm. like he was a cool dude. He didn't have a problem with nobody in the world but he would just walk in his truth, you know what I'm saying? And he was one of, a, a a good friend of mine and a trustworthy friend, you know, and you know, me growing up, I was like part of the cool crowd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a lot of my guys used to be like, bro, why are you hanging with this dude? Like, that ain't even us. And I'm like, bro, you just, 
you don't know. You're just sitting on the sidelines over here judging people by the way that they look. But in all honesty, I had more trust in him than I had in, you know, the, the popular people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the people were around me all the time. But, you know, he was just a genuine good person. And I respected the fact that he walked in his own truth. You know what I mean? He embraced it. Even when he knew people were laughing at him and joking about him and cracking jokes and all that. Like he just, he continued to be himself. And that was admirable. You know what I'm saying? That's true. And for anybody that reaches that point, you know? That's true. So how do you connect? Like what inspires and motivates your music? Um, I would say, uh, so a lot of my music comes from a lot of emotions, um, just depending on the day, anger, sadness, despair, loneliness, you know, um, feeling forgotten, feeling like I'm that person in the corner, you know, like in the like smallest, darkest corner, like of the entire world, you know, and, um, I mean, it just motivates me, you know, because it's like even that small area in that corner of darkness, I just feel like I can, you know, like just be powerful, you know, and I just feel like I can, you know, like like use that, you know. So like a lot of times my music is, is motivated, you know, um, just from the feeling of being screwed over at times, mm-hmm. you know, um, being taken advantage of. Um, and like that really really drives me because i know there's so many people in the world who have felt that way you know especially by the people closest to you that's true you know because them really the only ones that ever fucked over me in my lifetime was the people closest to me people i trusted people i loved people i looked up to family friends always people closest to me bro like outside people, I never had any issues. I never had any problems. But then I also didn't never have no expectations either. So it's hard for a stranger to disappoint you, you know. Yes. Yeah, but you do have expectations from your family and your friends and people you know and you love and you trust. And ultimately, they're the ones that break your heart, you know, disappoint you, lie to you, betray you, set you up, all that. I mean... Bro, I've been through all that shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, my whole life. I, I I, watched it happen before it ever happened to me. I seen it happening to others, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. when you just grow up in a concrete jungle, it's just a matter of time before the shit happens to you. And, you know, having a good heart, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a gift and a curse, you know? Sometimes it makes you resentful towards yourself and your own heart. Because there's always people trying to take advantage of people with good hearts. You know what I mean? But at the ultimately, at the end of the day, bro, I just, I can't be anybody else. But I am selective now. You know what I'm saying? I'm selective of who I give access to me. You know what I'm saying? Who I allow into my life because I live sacredly. You know what I'm saying? I know my worth. Right. You know? And, um... I tried to live in the image of Jesus, you know, a lot of people because they've seen I've only been home for four years after serving 17 years in prison and I've built a pretty good life for myself, you know. And a lot of people are like, why do you mess with them people when you're like up here and like you keep going down here, you know, and I'm like, I don't 
ever put myself above people. You know, I believe in equal opportunity. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I show love to anybody and everybody. But when I think of Jesus, look who Jesus was, you know, however you may see it, whether you see him as a prophet or you see him as the son of God, he was a gifted and he was a blessed man. You know what I'm saying? And he could have been up here with the kings, you know what I'm saying? But instead he was in the trenches and he was doing work. You know what I mean? He was healing people. He was feeding people. He was breaking bread. He was he was uh, educating people, you know, mm -hmm. and. I'm sure I could be somewhere else doing things, you know what I mean? But I feel like all the suffering that I endured, everything that I learned was for a purpose. And that purpose was to come back and deliver a message. If you're familiar with the Bible, the Bible is full of stories of people who are bringing messages who endured some type of suffering you know what I'm saying? At one point or another, some type of loss, some type of traumatic experience. You know what I'm saying? And then there was Jesus or there was God. And he came through and he showed them away. And even though they had to go through this and lose that. And I mean, people died and came back to life. You know what I'm right. saying? However that happens, they made it happen. You know? And I mean, in a literal sense, you know, when you close one chapter and open up another, you know, that's really dying and and rising you know so it's it's also mental mm -hmm. you know to live or to die mentally that's true you know so um what's one of the biggest shows that you've done or who are some of the artists that you would like to work with that are in your genre of music mm, let's see one of the biggest shows i've done um probably <clears throat> Um, I did a Canadian tour recently. Um, oh, shit. Yep, yep. I'm out in Toronto, and that was probably, like, the biggest, coolest show um, I've done. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. So are you, like, are you your own manager? Are you self-sufficient? Do you have a team? Do you have a manager? Or how do, how, like, how do you operate? Um, so right now I do not have a manager. Um, everything with my brand is, like, ran by me. Um Team-wise, I would just say the other alternative artists um, who I work with pretty consistently. Um, like, some of them toured with me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we're pretty consistent with, like, doing shows together. How do you guys, how do you get the gigs? Especially out the country. Like, I'm thinking, <laughs> like, Grand Rapids, Muskegon. You're like, bro, I was in Toronto. I'm like, holy shit, yeah, okay, yeah. then. Uh, Did you see Drake out there anywhere? <laughs> nope, I wish. <laughs> Tell him we try to get him on the El Nino podcast. <laughs> So my uh so my cousin um Jay Steels, he's been following my music like since I started, like sixteen years ago. And um he's pretty prominent just in like the underground local um, independent scene in like Canada, Hamilton and Toronto. And um he put together like the shows in Toronto and in Canada and um he was able to get, you know, like me and my team out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um the other gigs, um, I typically I typically get them just from you know networking, um, networking, and uh, since I've been doing them so frequently and, and consistently, a lot of these venues like know my name now, you know, because the punk alternative scene is like so small, it's like like really really small. So, is it just small in Michigan or is it just small in general? Um. 
Probably both. Um, like worldwide, it's I mean, it's a, a lot of you know punk artists out here, but because um, I believe like in like Berlin and Germany, like I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. they have like a lot of yeah they do punk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Punk rock artists and. Like they're really into that that I've seen in the past, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? And like New York too, like like New York surprisingly has a really really good punk scene. How do skinheads tie into punk? Because I believe part of like a documentary <laughs> or something that I've seen in Germany or Berlin or wherever it was, you know, like a lot of them were like skinheads, you know what I'm yeah, saying? But yeah. they were into the to the punk, the the metal, or you know what I'm saying, like mm. that type. So, um. Is there, is there like separate genres for that, or mm. is it the content, or like does it? Are we just one, one nation under, <laughs> under blackness, or you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Um, it's different genres, a lot of of uh, genres. Yeah. Um, uh, you got the metalheads. Um, you got dark wave. You got punk rock, goth rock. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So there's, there's post punk, okay. industrial. Like it's like so many different avenues. Uh, yeah. Like with my music, I'm kind of kind of like a hybrid because I mix a lot of styles. You know, like the post punk and um, the industrial. Yeah. But um, but, th- but there are skinheads. It is racism. I mean the genre. You mm. know, but. I feel like by it being so many different avenues, it's a lot of small doors for different styles and different people to come in and mm-hmm. make music and have fun. So do you guys have like mosh pits and stuff like that? Do you guys yeah, yeah. do that? Okay, mm-hmm. that's dope. Have you ever dove into the crowd? Uh, <laughs> no. You better make sure they there for you. Because <laughs> I, I done right. seen some shit on YouTube. Motherfucker get too excited, jump in the crowd, everybody move out the way. You know, broke a collarbone or something. You oh, know what I'm yeah, saying? Just yeah. doing too much. You get excited in the moment, jump off stage, That's everybody true. move. You like, bah. That's you're true. like, God dang. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I actually went to a show uh, this past um, Saturday, and it was like a mini mosh pit, and like somebody had like front flipped and crashed into two people, and they got like super fun. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man. Yeah, yeah. I be seeing like reels and shit of like. So my homeboy Jake, shout out to Jake Ortiz. That's my man, Jake the Snake. But he loves like that metal that, you know how guys just jump in the crowd and they're all like kicking and punching each other? Like what is that called? Um, Is it like moshing or what I'm, is I'm it? I would say moshing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He loves that shit. I said, <laughs> you, you're crazy. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, you see the shit in reels, you see it on TikTok, you see it on videos and like, and it's like, cool, I just socked you in your face, and you're like, fuck it, shake it off, let's get yeah. at it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Kick somebody else in the ass, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, this shit is violent. That's this true. shit's aggressive. Like, how can you even enjoy the music? You know what I mean? When yeah. you're just sitting here punching or getting punched, you know? That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Have you ever yeah. been in one of those? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. hell, dog. Yeah, <laughs> like, it really gives you that sense of, you know, being at the bottom, you know, being even with everybody, you know, being in that grit, you know, being in the trenches, almost like a dog fight, mm-hmm. you know, and like, I don't think it's about like hurting people. It's just more so about having fun and unity, like in a way, you know, like. Yeah, I ain't never thought it was fun to get punched in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they showed one real. 
These guys yeah. was all going at it, you know, whatever. And this girl, she's just innocently walking by and out of nowhere, get kicked in the head. She was oh, fell out. I was man. like, hell no, this shit crazy, it, it is, man. man. It, it is bad. It is bad. Yeah. So we were just at uh, Cinco de Mayo, man, and uh, it was dope, bro. They had a lot of dope performers. Did you end up performing there? No, 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 okay. but I was there. I, okay. I was there I want to say I seen you, man. I mean, it was crowded. That bitch was packed, it was, it was but I believe I seen you in passing, and I was like, okay, you know, but there were like... Everybody who is anybody in Southwest, whether you're a, a director or uh, an artist, I mean, whether you're a painter, a singer, a dancer, like it was it was just so much fun to be around such um, productive, proactive people. You know what I mean? And everybody was just, I mean, from the local vendors just to, you know, the food, the music, all the performances, man. Like, it was, it's 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 so dope, man. And I love to see my community in that light, you know what I mean, with mm. so much talent, bro. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, man, like, everybody's just self-sufficient anymore. That's true. You know? I just, uh, I would like to see everybody get rich. You yeah, know? me too. You know, in, including myself, you know, <laughs> and if yeah. I get rich, you know, I'm always I, I'm poor and I break bread. So, you know, if I'm rich, I'm definitely breaking bread, Same you here. know, because I, I, I believe in everybody, man, you know, for the most part, you know, and I want to see everybody live up to their full potential. And that's what I love about my job at the DHDC, man. You should come by one day, man. I give okay. you a tour sure. of the place. But, I mean, they got robotics program, bro. They got green screen. They teach videography, photography. They got a state-of-the-art recording studio. Mm. I mean, <clears throat> we partner with um, Motor City Street Dance Academy. They come. They work with the kids, teach them how to dance. I mean, we get DJs that come in. I mean, these these kids are very intelligent. They're doing engineering work. I mean, they're producing beats. I mean, they're wow. singing, dancing, rapping. I mean, and and uh, then we have the urban graphics department, you know, teaching, you know, youth how to, you know, press T-shirts, hoodies, you know, business cards and, you know, bat my banners, everything I got in my banners, everything like, you know, DHDC contributed to. But it's just um, having resources, right. you know, uh, available. And then not only that, but making sure that the community is getting the information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, me coming home after all these years and landing a job there was just like a blessing. But it's also been a, a, a bigger blessing for my family because, you know, this place has been here for multiple years and a lot of people just never knew about it. And ever since I've been home, I've just been like networking, building, building, promoting, promoting, promoting. And it's like now so many family and friends, you know what I'm saying? They utilize the resources that are there for you because you never know, you know, what opportunities will grow from these opportunities, you know That's what true. I'm saying, from these resources. Mm -hmm. And me, when I was younger, I mean, we had a youth center, but there was really like nothing there that was molding you for anything greater than being just a rec center, you know. But when you come to the DHDC, I mean, you can build your skills, you can build your intelligence, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can build there, you know? Mm -hmm. And even me at the level of just working there, like, in four years, I have built just a whole life for myself, you know? And and that all starts with a second chance. That's and that's what I love about my job is they believe in giving people second chances, you know what I mean? That's deep. 
Yeah. That's so, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You got siblings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, okay. I got a um, I got a sister. I got two brothers. I'm the oldest. You the oldest? Oh, yeah. Okay, I was gonna ask you where you at on the totem pole. <laughs> yeah. I'm the oldest too, bro. Okay, I'm okay. the oldest. You know, I got two younger brothers, and uh, so I mean, you almost become a natural born leader. That's you know true. What I mean, when you have to grow up fast. I mean, I, I mean, me personally, I was raised by a single mother, so me being the oldest, that automatically made me the man of the house. You know what I'm saying? At the age of 14, 15 years old, you mm. know. How about you? Um. Uh, so, um, uh, so my dad was um, in the Navy. Um, mm-hmm. um, my mom raised me. Uh, it got divorced when I was born. <laughs> you know, so go figure there. But um, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but my dad was in my life. Um, you know, my mom is like wonderful. Um, and I got a stepdad who was very involved. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I was just always kind of like in my own little corner, you know. Every time you say that, it reminds me of that song. <laughs> That's me in the corner. <laughs> That's me in the spotlight, losing my religion. <laughs> Who was that? That's REM. REM. Was okay. That? Oh, R-E-M. Yeah. I was about to say Moby. Is that Moby? No. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, Ari. <laughs> yeah, I remember that song. That's me in the corner. I used to be like, hell no. Sounds sad as hell, but he, like you couldn't <laughs> stop listening to it, you know? <laughs> so um, what other country would you go to? Have you, like, do you do research or anything, like, to find out, like, where the wave is for punk rock and goth mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff? Or is it just the word of mouth? Mm-hmm. And, um, like, do people request to have you at these events? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's more so about researching, um, like, finding different locations where the goth, emo, you know, punk vibe is, like, prominent. And reaching out to them and um, just showing them my past successful, like, events, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I would go anywhere. Um, and, like, a lot of my team are willing to go anywhere, too, you know. Um, That's we, we, Yeah, which is, which is, to me, like, the best part of, like, doing this, you know. Like, I'm so happy to have, have found people, you know, who are just as passionate about, you know, the music and the brand and the movement. You know, like, which is deeper than goth. Like, it's deeper than music. It's it's about, like, um, you know, keeping live music alive. You know, like, like people just really showing their art. You know, in in front of people. You know, which is, like, extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have a cousin who's like my brother, and um, he's always like, man, I don't know how you do it. I I could never get in front of people. You know, and like you know um play music you know or like perform even karaoke you know and for me it's like i'm showing pieces of my life you know like like pieces of me but um i would be open to going anywhere you know like i I, like i found this really cool um it's like a goth castle in uh kentucky and they have like pretty big events for like goth artists all over so um I'm hoping to do something there soon. Okay. That's dope. That's good. 
So do you have like a band? Like how do you create the music? You got you got a mm-hmm. band that actually plays live while you yeah yeah yeah, and you're the vocalist. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's dope, man. Yeah yeah. How many people you got in your band? Uh, just two others. Um, one drummer, one guitarist. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes I'll have like a backup vocalist, but um. Do you do like growling music or? Um, it's like so much of a hybrid. Um, but but some songs does have the growling effect in there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, I learned about that shit because I got a homeboy. He likes like that <laughs> death metal shit. Oh yeah. And yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I could not understand not nothing that they said, <laughs> and he was like understanding everything, and I'm like, bro, like what language are y'all speaking? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm. And uh. But he was like, yeah, that's the growling music. So, you know, I just, me being around, knowing different people, being open-minded like I am, I'm familiar with different walks of life, you know, and that's really helped me, you know, on my journey and mm. because it puts limitations and barriers to people who don't just kind of keep themselves in a box, you know what I'm saying, because they would just rather not know or, you know, people are just <clears throat> staying in their comfort zone. But me, I'm always about expansion. I'm always about networking. I'm always been about, you know, being a humanitarian and, you know, building relationships and obtaining understanding. So I think that's always been beneficial for me because I've been able to speak everybody's language and get along with everybody, you know. That's super cool. Yeah. Can I ask you, um, who's your favorite rapper? Like lyrical wise. Man, I ain't even gonna lie. I got a couple of, them, but my top dog though is Icewear Vezo, man. You know okay, what I'm okay. saying? Icewear Vezo, you know, up the skull, man. That's that's my guy, bro. I mean, I got hip to him while I was in prison, mm-hmm. and um, and I've been rocking with him ever since. Even when I came out, like I couldn't wait. I was inside listening to his music, but I couldn't wait to come home and listen to his music outside as a free man. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, yeah, so he's 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 definitely you know one of the top dogs for me. But you know, if we're talking about in the past, it's always you know Tupac, Big Pun. They were lyricists. Eminem was a lyricist. You know what I'm saying? Even even Talib Kweli and Common. You know them guys were lyricists. You know Nas. Shit, there was. I mean, yeah, you know, we can go was. on and on, bro. You know what I mean? But That's true. But right now, man. Uh, yeah, my guy, my guy Vezo, man. But I love, man, like all, all, like all the creativity from you know even the young, the younger, the younger uh, crowd now. I mean, I hate the violence. I really do. Oh, yeah, me too. I hate, I hate the violence because you know music is influential. You know, um, no matter what you know what it's intended for, um, it's it's influential, and uh, you know people get hurt, bro. I mean. Even me, like I said, bro, I, I, when I'm driving around I, and I pop in Vezo, mm-hmm. it changes my whole mind state. You know, I, I sit up, look, look, I'm perked <laughs> up now. Now I'm like these, you know what I mean? Just because I feel I feel strong. I feel brave. I feel good. I feel live. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But some people, like, they listen to that shit and they ready to shoot somebody. Yeah, that's true. You know? and um, And that's the part that I don't like. You know, I hate the fact that, you know, we live in such a bloodthirsty society that, you know, the the only uh, conclusion for any problems is to shoot and kill somebody, man. And, And it's terrible because it's ruining lives. It's ruining communities. It's ruining society. It's ruining 
humanity. You know, we have to raise the bar on the standards in which we live, man. That's true. You know, because life is too short. And, um, you know, I work for Ceasefire Detroit, bro, and I had to, res- I had to re- I, it's my day off, and I had to report to a homicide today, you know. And uh, and it's sad. You see the mothers, the families, the sisters, you know, everybody's in distress, tears, you know what I mean? Because you don't know when death is going to come, you know. But in urban communities, it's like you could bend the corner and, and just like that, bro, it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Through altercations, social media altercations. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, just there's so many things. I mean, you get people who die off stray bullets. Mm-hmm. They, they they gardening or kids are out there playing and all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? It's over with. That's true. So I'm just tired of going to, you know, funerals and balloon releases and. You know, it's just it's just sad, man. I just feel like we got to do better. Mm-hmm. We got to do better, man. You know. Yep, I agree. I agree. <sighs> I have. I, I just. I lived a whole lifetime of that shit, bro. You know. Um, I went to prison for a murder case. You know, a friend of mine. You shot and killed somebody, and I mean, at the time, you know, it, that kid. He he was only seventeen years old, bro. You know, and. I mean, it, when you're younger, you don't think about that. But now I'm 44 years old, and I'm like, damn, you know, he didn't even get a chance to see his son be born, you know. And then my brother, too, the one who actually killed him, he went to prison before he could see his son be born. So, and then I went to prison, and my other guy went to prison. So all we all had kids, and all these kids and mothers and families and siblings and communities were all impacted by one person's decision, you know. Right. And, uh, and I live it every day, you know what I'm saying? Maybe not through my own decisions, but just the decisions of others, you know, having to, you know, comfort and support, you know, grieving families and stuff, bro, like it's reality you know it's reality and it's like how do you rise above it you know you got to be able to think above it before you can rise above it and then trying to get people to transition their minds to think bigger and better but it's hard to dream big when you're surrounded by everything that's so small you know i mean people are getting killed over petty petty i'm talking about words oh yeah. yeah words you know, road rage, anger, trauma, frustration, impatience, lack of understanding, lack of education, lack of anger management, like all that stuff, bro. Like, really, it, it's just it's ruining lives every day. That's true. People overdosing all the time, every day. Oh, yeah. I'm hearing people Fentanyl. just, you know, and it's crazy to me because like. I caught a dope case uh, when I was in prison. Like, out here, like, when I was growing up, all I ever saw was, like, weed and coke. You know what I'm saying? Acid, shit like that. But these were all social drugs, party drugs. We go to a party, go to the bars, go to raves. Everybody's doing coke, smoking weed, you know, mm-hmm. do some acid, shit like that. But I never really got into, like, selling heroin and crack and, you know, shit like that. But in prison, that's where the money was at, you know? So... I ended up getting caught, you know. I got caught with some heroin packs. They ended up charging me. They gave me a new case. I got more time. 
But I just never, even though I've been a hustler my whole life, my mother's a hustler, like we all, it's in my blood, it's in my family to be hustlers. It, I mean, it was a means of survival. But I never believed in coming up at the expense of others. You know what I'm right. saying? And, you know, I know for some people, you know, they, they ain't got no problem with it. You know, I was in prison with young young guys who sold dope to their moms and their dads and their aunts and their uncles. And and then you wonder why, you know, the youth ain't got no respect for adults because they look at you like you a dope fiend. Right. You know, so it's like it ain't shit you can tell me. I'm raising myself. You buying dope off me. How I'm going to respect you, you know? So... I mean, there's so much work that needs to be done. And I know that, you know, I can't change the whole world, but I try to be a positive example for the people who live in the world I'm in, mm. you know. But also utilizing um, social media. Yep. You know, I mean, even a reel. A reel can change somebody's life by our conversation right now. Somebody could be looking at this and in 20 seconds get inspired by something that, we discuss. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So that's really expanding positivity. You know, the devil don't take no breaks either. Shit. They they the devil's on TikTok too. The devil's on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? The devil's on Facebook and, and everywhere else. You know? So it's about what what you entertain. It's about what seed you plant and what plants are you watering. That's true. You know? That's true. That's true. Yeah, because we never know who's watching, you know. Like, and that's like one thing that I've learned, like you know, because I've had so many times where I felt like, you know, should I be doing this? Like, am I making any traction? You know, and like, just hearing one person say, like, you know, bro, like, keep going because like you're opening up that door, you know. For the weird, for the alternative, like, you know, like, keep doing it. I'm like, you know, it, it motivates me, you know. And, like, for me, going back to, like, my high school days, you know, it was so many times where, like, I was at my lowest point and hearing a certain song, you know, or a certain artist would help me get through life, you mm -hmm. know. Yep. I mean, leadership comes with responsibility, bro. You know, when people look up to you and they follow you, you know, you got to make sure that you're making good conscious decisions because, like you said, you don't know who's watching you. Yep. And the way I look at it is everybody's watching. Everybody listening. Everybody's paying attention. How can you not? The whole world is under surveillance. Mm -hmm. We're on cameras 24-7 in one form or another. So there is no privacy. You know what I'm saying? We're always being watched. We're always being monitored. People are always looking and watching and hearing and judging and all that stuff. So, you know, for me, I don't worry about shit like that because I don't do shit wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And if I am doing something wrong in somebody else's eyes, then that's really their problem, not mine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Because everybody's entitled to their opinion. I, I, I have respect, you know, for people's opinions, even when they go against mine. I'm okay with that. That's a part of, you know, being free and being a person.
person of you know of freedom is having the freedom to uh you know have your own opinions that's true you know yeah so what do you think the future of your genre of music bro looks like you know is it a place that you can grow do you think it'll transition do you think it'll die or do you think it's gonna live forever I think it's gonna live forever, um, you know, because um, I think it's always gonna be a community who can relate, you know, and um, who really embraces and who needs this genre, you know, mm-hmm. who needs like this energy. And like part of my goal for the future is just to shine light on it, you know, like and let people know in Detroit that this genre, this style, this music, like this brand is like prominent, you know, it's here, it's, it's, uh, it's available, you know, the people who need it, it's shows, it's music, you know, it's free, you know, streaming on on all platforms. It's so many Mm -hmm. different artists in this genre, you know, um, and, uh, part of my next move is, um, releasing a list of the top alternative artists uh, I'm in Detroit, and um, my goal is to just shine light on it, you know, um, because recently it's a, a media outlet um, called uh, Murder Mitten, who just released, like, the top Detroit unsigned rappers or something, you know, and it's, like, the top, I want to say that they had, like, a female version, too, but, like, it did numbers, you know, like, six, seven hundred likes and, like, 1,200 comments, you know, and I reached out to him, I'm like, why not do something with the alternative artists, you know, because there are people out here, you know, making music for the alternative genre, you know, goth, punk, screamo, like it's so many different genres all tied to the alternative sound. So for me, my future is just to continue to push that, you know, and try to get people to put some eyes on it. No doubt about it, man. That's dope. And you can do it through the music uh, you can do it through relationships with people, and you can do it right here on the El Nino podcast. That's you true. know what I'm saying? By promoting and sharing your story and sharing your journey. And, you know, those who are watching, whether they're watching live or they're going to see it tomorrow or a week from now or they see a clip or a reel, whatever it may be, you know what I'm saying? It's still contributing to the each one teach one theory. You know, you that's what the platform I created was for is to promote people. And their stories and their talents and all that good stuff. You know, I mean, the world is literally, you know, at the tip of our fingers, like they say. It's true. You know, and uh, it's 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 a blessing. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, a lot of people turn something good into something bad, you know, by, you know, abusing the privilege of having access to people, you know. Yeah. And... I mean, I'm so tired of my motherfucking phone saying scam likely and <laughs> all these bullshit ass. You won this and you won that oh, and all man. this, man. I did it one time they got me. It was before I even knew anything about anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, oh, you won something. I'm like, me? Hell yeah. Man, I had a virus on my phone. That bitch would not stop. Damn. You know, it, I was constantly getting texts and buzzing and this. And I said, man. Never again, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Try again, Morasoka. You ain't gonna get me no more, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I feel you. 
But you know, you just you got predators out there, man. People yeah. prey on you for anything and everything, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's true. So is goth a religion? Are they like tied into Wiccans? Um, <laughs> are they uh, witchcraft? I mean, is it Santeria? I mean, like, <laughs> what is it? Is it just? Um, it, um, I would say um, it, it it has ties to it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a religion for me personally um but uh i mean for some it could be but in my opinion it's like a way of life you know that's just associated to different dark themes you know like uh death and wickedness and not saying this is evil you know but um like in my opinion so so there's this like gothic club um called the leland city club um it's, it's open every weekend friday and saturday and you know got people just go there listen to music party network kick it and just have fun you know and and to me you know being the kind of person who i am you know it's just about having fun you know just about enjoying you know life you know and it's like even if it's enjoying life in a dark element you know, um, but still being a positive person, you know, mm. like, like for me, like, like the goth world uh, has always been tied to my love for horror. You know, like I'm like the biggest fan of you like horror Rob films. Zombie. You I like love Rob Zombie. Devil's Rejects, Devil's Rejects. House of a Thousand yeah, Corpses, and all hell. that. Mm-hmm. So like, I've loved them movies. I love that shit. Isn't I it love a the gore. I love the horror. I love all that shit, you know. And recently, though, like I watched it recently because I haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I said, what in the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> to myself. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I'm saying you are crazy to the moment. It is dark. You know what it, I'm it saying? Because that shit is wild as hell. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? <laughs> as it is comical, but it's also as gore. I it love is. that gore shit, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I like the satanic shit. I like the the exorcism and all yeah. that. And like my wife, she's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't play with, you know, what I'm saying with God, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't play with the exorcism and all that type of shit." But I like all that demonic type oh, shit, yeah. you know. Yeah. I took my girl to go see um, the new Evil Dead movie. I Man, heard it was good. It was great. She's covering her ears. <laughs> oh my like, god i gotta see it bro great film great like a great I, they film, said it's bro. even better than the original one bro mm, and the original is good mm-hmm. i don't know if i'll say better but okay. it's 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 like neck Just and neck it's, it's okay great. that's yeah. great yep i definitely gotta go see that one man yeah that's the first movie i've ever been to where i've i've like i saw people literally running out the theater after it ended like people were like i gotta get up out of here Damn, like for was, real? Yeah, yeah. It was Holy insane. shit! It was I can't insane. wait to run and see it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it was. It was definitely something. It was a great film. Man, you should really tap in, bro. With like, I've been tapping in with the the whole. What would you call? I mean, like the movie people, like the people who mm. are making movies. I'm talking about directors, actors, writers, co-writers, co-producers, co-directors, like 
everybody who has anything to do just like people who are doing music there's people who are doing movies there's people and i think that it would be dope maybe you can tap in with them bro and you guys could write a horror movie you know what i'm saying and you know make it modern to where you know goth kids or people are involved in it you know what i'm saying like I think that would be really dope, man. It would be dope. It would be dope. And people like scary movies, bro. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. if you make a classic, man, that shit will last forever. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it's so hard nowadays to find a good horror film. So many of them are cheesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, bro. You know, I, I like to genuinely be like, oh, shit. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I don't know. Rob Zombie's always been one to be able to deliver. Yeah, um, you know Quentin Tarantino. I I can't say his movies were horror movies, but they were some of the coldest movies. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? They kind of super gory. They were like everywhere. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. George A. Romero. There's just so oh, many, yeah. so many people who have made, mm-hmm. you know, so many good movies, bro. That's but, true. But it seemed like they had got watered down for a minute, bro. Yeah, they I'm have. Like, man, I'm not even feeling this shit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just poor acting or poor creativity or just uh, lack of creativity or what, man. But I'm <laughs> like, bro. But, you know, when you're a kid, everything scares the shit out of you. And then you try to, you know, when you grow up, you're like, ah, you know. That's true. Not as much anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I love going to haunted houses and shit. Like, oh yeah, I don't know, bro. I'd be stressing myself out because since I've been home for four years, I've been wanting to go to Cedar Point to uh, you know for Halloween weekends. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I, I, I just I, I'm gonna make a commitment to this myself. I'm gonna go this year. I'm so mad that I haven't gone, but i still have a blast i go to all like the local haunted houses and stuff bro mm. uh the insane asylums and all that type of shit i love that type of shit bro you, know, you go to haunted houses you like that oh type yeah of shit? Mm-hmm. oh yeah man definitely bro like i'm a big holiday guy man you know it was crazy i tell people all the time even when i was in prison i used to decorate my cell my walls my bunk everybody's like what the fuck you know what i'm saying and i'm just like i ain't gonna let y'all kill my spirit bro you know what i mean mm-hmm. yep. Yep. yep so let me ask you like what was it like growing up in rochester and warren like what's your nationality um so i'm actually like biracial um uh African American, Caucasian, Jewish. Um, okay. Yeah, but I think so, I got some Hungarian so, in my family. So being African American and being goth, um <laughs> you know, I just how many black people that you know are goth, you know what I mean? Mm, not many. Not many. Mm. Um like I went to a so pretty you're big the you're the token black goth <laughs> dude then. Okay then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're everybody's friend. What? Yeah, I yeah. got black friends. I got my guy right here. <laughs> yeah. Golden Gambit. Yeah, what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like I've always been that guy to fit into like every group, you know, like every clique, you know, like because I never judge people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always treat people how I like to be treated, you know, and like I could always fit into any category, you know. That's that's good. But still keeping the same core values of being different you know liking the stuff that i like mm. you know like not really being a gamer not really being an anime guy you know just being myself 
Okay. I I think really it's about respect. Yeah. You know, whether you agree with it, you disagree with it, whether you like it, you don't like it, everybody's entitled to respect. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I, I respect what you believe, what you stand, what your creativity, you know, I understand, you know, what you're doing. And it's all good. We Everybody can keep it moving, mm. you know. But then there's people who hate your ideas, hate your <laughs> weirdness, hate your creativity. You know what I'm saying? That's true. And I mean, like anarchist type shit, you know, like it's 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 crazy mm-hmm. you know how people take their opinions and and just take it so far to where they actually hate somebody you know what i mean that's like true. that's why it's important for sometimes just mind your own business that's true you know what i'm saying if you don't like it keep it pushing that's it that's all you got to do yep. you know it's simple but everybody's opinionated man oh yeah 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 you it, know and like especially now you know, but um, I feel like with the cancel culture, it it, it kind of um. What is that? Um, <laughs> right? Cancel culture. What yeah, is that? Yeah, that's I mean, new. The, I ain't never heard that one. <laughs> like this cancel culture, man. Like, like I, I feel like has a lot of people scared to speak their minds now. You know, out of fear of being canceled. You know, who's canceling who? Um, like getting black social ball. media, yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you say the wrong thing, it's oh, you hate this type of people. Oh, you hate this type of culture. Like it's, bro. I am not gonna crazy. lie, bro. Like I grew up hardcore, <laughs> bro. Like you had to learn how to. You could not be sensitive and survive. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I mean, broski. You can <laughs> say anything today. And offend somebody in some form or another. Yep. And you could have absolutely no ill intent, but just use the wrong term or the wrong vocabulary, and all of a sudden they want to crucify you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You're this and you're that, and I'm this and you said that, and I'm like, man, shut your ass <laughs> and sit your ass down and shut your ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like. This shit is wild, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like everybody need just need a big old hug, man. You know what I'm saying? Everybody just need a hug, man. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shit's crazy, dog. It's you know? crazy. It's crazy. You know, growing up, it was like everybody was raised like wild ass pit bulls. You know, everybody was trained to survive. And now everybody, you know, now I ain't going to say everybody, but, you know, there's just a lot of people who are very sensitive, bro, to things. You know what I'm saying? And the actions of others, the opinions of others, the ideas of others, you know, and it's like crucify them, you know, and it's crazy. And it's like, damn, you want to crucify me for the same shit you're doing, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. hypocrisy, you know. I don't know, bro. I'm not perfect, and I don't have all the answers, but every day I do my best to be my best, man. You know what I'm saying? So love it or hate it, take it or leave it. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing my best to be the best person I I can be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if somebody got a problem with me, that's your problem, not mine. You know what I mean? Because I know I'm a good person, bro. I I, I show everybody love, you know what I mean? And respect, so... How can you be mad at somebody who loves and respects everybody? That's true. You know? 
That's true. And it's hard to reach that point, bro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But after you reach it, like, it's a beautiful thing, you know, just being at peace and, and like, knowing, like, anybody who has a problem with you, it's their problem, you know, and just being comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's... Because we lived in a we live in a stressed out society, I mean, even to go for a ride, you're gonna encounter some type of hostility from somebody somewhere. They gonna cut you off. You going too slow. You going too fast. You you know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. always hostility because everybody going through some shit, you yeah. know. And I could be having the best day of my life, and then somebody say some shit or do some shit, and then just set you right back yeah you know how people match energy i can't match energy because it's too dangerous yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean i have to live according to a higher standard i have to believe in something different i have to have critical thinking skills i have to have higher moral standards because if i continue to live with that fire Fight fire with fire, tooth for tooth, eye for an eye, shit. Everybody dead and everybody going to be blind. Everybody going to miss the eye. Everybody going to be missing the tooth. Somebody getting punched in the nose. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what that is, you know? And I don't want to contribute to that shit, man. Life, done, you know, gave me enough war wounds, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be in cruise control, bro. And, and that's why, because sometimes, you know, my wife, my family, friends are like, bro, how can you just, like, be so humble, you know? And I'm like, life, life has humbled the shit out of me because I've been through so damn much. I've done a lot of suffering, you know what I'm saying? Suffering has humbled the shit out of me, you know what I mean? And I just learned how to build healthy boundaries with people, you know. I learned to give without strings attached. I learned to live without expectations of others. And those types of things will help you maneuver in the world. Because as long as you expect something from somebody, you're always going to set yourself up for some type of disappointment. You know. So I just let people be who they're going to be. And then I learn how to maneuver around you because the one thing that you can't change in this world is people. You know, the only thing you can do is learn how to move around them, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I can honestly say that I've been successful thus far. I was successful in prison with it and I'm successful out here with it, you know, because I ain't got time to be carrying all that baggage. Right. I got goals, I got dreams, I am on a mission. And I didn't grow up with goals and dreams and missions. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have any ambition to want to be anything more than what I was. I was a gang member, I was a drug dealer. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna say that I was like just some piece of shit or anything like that, but you know, I just lived by low standards because that's what I was taught. That's what I was surrounded with. But you never know what you got until you don't got it no more. So being locked up for 17 years, I lost a lot of privileges in my life. So now anything that I have today, I am truly grateful for because I know what it's like to live without it. You know what I'm saying? Even my fingers and my toes. You, you, know, you know anybody missing fingers or an eye or an arm or a leg? You know what I'm saying? I do too. And I can't imagine what life would be like, you know? So every day I thank God for all the small things. 
you know, and of course, you know, the blessings that bestow us too. It's yep. beautiful. Yeah, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. July 7th, we got the El Nino Podcast Summer Bash. You got to come through, bro. Oh, yeah, I'm there. Come through I'm if there. you ain't already performing or got something going on. Come through. Bring your people with you. Um, what to expect? Man, a great time. Good vibes. Diversity. And that's what I love about my parties and my celebrations is because I'm connected to so many different people. You know what I'm saying? And I love the diversity. And people, it, it helps people put their guard down, you know, because from Southwest Detroit, like, I mean, just Detroit in general, everybody got that tough shit on him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We we got thick skin, you know what I'm saying? We tough as hell, all that shit. But when you come to my parties, like, everybody comes in, like, looking around, and they're like, eventually... You see everybody put their guard down. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's laughing, sharing, you know what I'm saying? And it's it's dope. That's the kind of vibe that I like, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like um, I can't wait because it's just going to be successful, bro. Uh, I'm going to have a dunk tank there. going to have good DJs, performers, have some food vendors, have some local vendors, you know, of course, going to have my man Dominic Ovando there from uh, Pressure Apparel, okay. uh, have my man Jose Rivera there, uh, Detroit Forever 313, uh, my man uh, Dre from Sneak Heat 2020, hopefully he'll be there too, and um, I just, I love creating opportunity for people to make money, mm. you know what I'm saying, and to be able to promote, you know, promote their talent, promote their business, and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just proud to be able to uh, contribute to that. You know what I'm saying? And um, if there's anything that I want to be known for in the legacy, I want to um, be left behind in my name is that I was able to uh, bring people together. You know what I'm saying? And people from different walks of life. I feel you. you. But um, definitely can't wait, man. Got Coco Butterfly. She's going to be performing as well. Uh, It's going to be a great time, man. So make sure you guys put that in your calendar. Um, And also May 20th or my bad september 20th uh we got that second expungement fair for the year so make sure you guys tap in with that oh yeah. you guys got any felonies if you guys um you know got any uh misdemeanors um come on i mean it's worth the shot you know like i said it was some people you know they were disappointed they didn't qualify but at least you know though right. and and you're gonna get you know, the information that you would pay an attorney 500 to $2,500 for, you're going to come to this expungement fair and get it for free. You know what I'm saying? Whether you qualify or don't qualify, at least now you know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm telling you, it just, you know, I, I seen people leaving there very emotional, but tears of joy, though. You know what I'm saying? Because people have been having these felonies on their records for multiple, for 15, 20, 30 years and haven't been able to move up in their workplace or even get hired into a place or even struggled with getting housing and stuff like that because of these barriers. And, and, and with this expungement, you know, it's like the forgiveness, forgiveness of your past and giving you a fresh start. Right. You know, and, you know, for those that didn't qualify, you know, I feel your pain. You know, I got a murder case. It carries a life sentence. I'll never be able to get it expunged. Um, therefore, I'll never be able to uh, get a CPL. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes I feel like um, inferior to people because 
so many people have the privilege of bearing arms and having a gun and protecting themselves and I don't you know and a lot of people ask me like how do I how do you do your job like working with ceasefire you know I'm not armed bro I don't have a bulletproof vest I don't have a badge I'm not the police I'm not arresting nobody I can't I can't shoot you or nothing you know what I'm saying so people are like like what do you do I'm like I use effective communication and I use my critical thinking skills and I'm genuine. I'm just real. I come to people. I don't have to come to people aggressive. I understand pain. I understand poverty. I understand violence. You know what I'm saying? I understand anger and trauma and all that stuff. So whatever you going through, I've been there. I've done that. Let's talk about it. Let's work through this shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, any day that nobody dies is a good day, bro, because it seemed like every day, you know what I'm saying? You know somebody, you know, who is going through it. That's true. You know? So, you know, for me, man, waking up with gratitude is uh, is number one for me, bro. You know? I feel you. <sighs> man, I tell people all the time, deep breaths. Deep <laughs> breaths, baby. That's what get me through the day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to take a few of them, but... It'll get you through the day, man, because life can be overwhelming, bro, you know, and um, even like struggling with credit card debt, you know, and shit like that. Sometimes you feel like you're the only one, you know, and then you start hearing other people's stories. And and I mean, sometimes you just don't feel so bad anymore because you ain't in a boat by yourself. You know, it's like a lot of people are struggling right now with finances and credit card debt and all that type of stuff. Not to say that it's okay, but it's systematic. You know, I, I know people who usually have money who are struggling with, with it right now. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, like they say, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, bro. Yep. You know? And I mean, I'm busting my ass every day, bro. Every day. I don't take no breaks. You know what I'm saying? Even on my days off, I'm working, I'm grinding, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get ahead. But it's like, it's hard to get ahead, bro. For as much work and hustling that I do, I'm still breaking even. You know what I'm saying? And that, you know, I get frustrated because I've lived a lifetime of surviving you know what i'm saying and i just i want to get out of survival mode so bad bro you know what i'm saying i want to be in cruise control you know what i'm saying i don't want to have to be stressed out about bills or you know just every life's everyday expenses bro you know what i mean i want to i'm not saying i want to be the richest man in the world but i always tell god the more that i have the more that i have to give you know what i mean so mm -hmm. Hopefully, man, hopefully uh, something something good comes along, you know, sooner than later, bro. Because I feel like, you know, if it's anybody that deserve it, man, you know, um, I deserve it. I want it. You I feel know, you. For sure. You know? I feel you. And at the cost of living, man, is like ridiculously high now. Mm -hmm. Man, like everything costs an arm and a leg. Everything's double. I'm like, damn, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I used to think I was winning when I buy a little EBT card off somebody, <laughs> you know, and shit, I spent $400 one day and it all $400 fit in one cart. I Ooh. said, man, I remember back in the days we'd be in line with two, three carts, you know what I'm saying? Full of shit. One cart was $400. I said, hell no, they fucking over <laughs> us, fucking clean over us. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, hey, you got to stay in motion, baby. You know what I'm saying? You either roll with her to get rolled over. That's true. 
Yeah, definitely, man. But listen, I want to send a big shout out to all my sponsors, man. L.A. Landscaping, um, you know, um, Down River Babe Cave, uh, my my sister-in-law, Felicia, um, just all my family, my friends, my loved ones, always, you know, the DHTC always showing love. Um, you know, got a lot of uh, good things uh, in front of me, you know what I'm saying? And I want to capitalize on it and, you know, just be able to uh, help help other people change lives and, and rise above the ashes, you know. But let them know where they can find you, where they can find your music, how they can reach out to you for a feature, for whatever, man. Let them know what it is, what it ain't, and where you at. All right, all right. Um, so it's Golden Gambit, Golden with the Y. Gambit like the X-Men character. I'm on uh, all social media platforms. Um, I'm very interactive, so shoot me a DM. Uh, my music's on all platforms. Um, you know, reach out. I'm um, always posting flyers for shows. Um, I got a pretty fun show this Thursday, New Dodge Lounge. Lots of dope artists. Alternative and R&B. I got some rap, hip-hop. Um, I've been hearing about that place. I haven't been there yet, but I know a few guys that perform there oh yeah yeah oh man super dope venue um if you're free come out uh and let me know how many free tickets you got i got you my man definitely appreciate you shout out to legal aliens podcast that's my squad right there love them take care of me man we trying to get there together and um tap in man holla at me you trying to get 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 down you want to you know what i'm saying you want to be here you want to share your story Long as you ain't on no Mickey Mouse shit, do not come here on no Mickey Mouse shit. You know what I'm saying? But if you come here and you got a good story you want to share, you got some talent, you got some potential, you know what I'm saying? You need to vent, man. Come on, man. Holler at me. This has been an episode of Real Everyday People. Part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.